0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Film wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' loss to the Phoenix Suns in preseason. Blazers played their first game against an NBA team during the exhibition run, and they lose to... A darn good Suns team. Uh, some lessons to be learned for Scoot Henderson in this one, and Shaden Sharp as well. Um, so I'm going to share some thoughts on the Blazers playing with pace and tempo, a thing that has been emphasized throughout, uh, and they kind of did it in stretches here and there in this game. And then I want to close the show talking about uh, Chauncey Billups and his the way he is approaching coaching a young roster. It's just, it's very different than coaching the veteran groups he's had the last two years. And uh, prior to the game in, in pregame media, he shared some really interesting tidbits on how his approach has changed, how he has to just do things different with this group. And I think it sheds light on sort of where the Blazers are and where they want to go. Let's start doing what we do, though. Here's your fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose one twenty-two, 22 1-11 They were up 40-37 after one. Um, This was a a fun first quarter, and the Blazers got 13 from Malcolm Brogdon, who came off the bench. He was 5-5 for to start this game, and the Blazers had a big lead, but they couldn't hold up with the Suns' firepower. Phoenix outscores Portland 39-15 in the second quarter, a 24-point swing. They take a 76-15. 55 lead into the break. Uh, Suns did not play their their starters in the, the second half. Their 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 big names in the second half. Uh, the Blazers did for at least a little bit, and they they trimmed the lead to 91-88 after three. But Suns pulled away in the fourth quarter. They win 122-111. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, exhibition season limited box score. <laughs> if if you know, you know. Um... This one, no Rob Williams in this one, and the Blazers changed up their starting lineup. Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, your starting small forward along with Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Aiden. Uh Rob Williams was supposed to play in this game, but Chauncey Billups said pregame that he had a pretty nasty collision knee-to-knee with Jeremy Grant in, um, in practice, and he just still, and he was, he needed to miss, he had to miss this one too, unfortunately. Um i have no conspiracy here but like i think it would be good for for everyone who um who is interested in seeing rob williams play to go ahead and see it um the more that he just misses and needs time to ramp up it's just like it's there's um i don't know quiet anxiety building let's let let a dude who's had some health problems seeing him play and seeing him play well would i think um you know, help, help anyone who's having any concerns. Uh, but, but Billups didn't sound super concerned there, but, um, Chauncey has, a, he's, he's good at, um, not sounding concerned sometimes. Uh, so uh, hard to read on it, but hopefully he will play when the Blazers play on Saturday evening in their next, uh, preseason game also against these Phoenix Suns. Oh, just kidding. They play the play Suns on Monday, Utah first. In any case, um, This one was fun early in part because the Blazers played faster. Part because the Blazers played faster. They had talked about so much, so, 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 so much during Media Day that that fast. Fast, 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 and then they play the New Zealand Breakers in the second game or in the opening game of the preseason, and they just don't—they don't get into stuff. They don't play with pace. They don't play with tempo. And Billups mentioned pregame that he that he, that that was just something they're gonna have to get better at that you know when teams press you got to move the ball ahead you got to grab and go and everyone can go you don't have to wait for for um for shade or for for scoot henderson anyone who's not deandre ayton is allowed to just grab it and push because they want to get out and transition and run stuff they want to get out and go It's a big point of emphasis and in that for in that first quarter when they scored 40 points and they looked darn good they ran so What I did sitting on press row its really fun to be back in the building. Saw some familiar faces uh, and and I I enjoy watching NBA games live and in person. So it's fun to be back. But what I did sit on press row was I charted every possession in the first half in which the Blazers got into an action with 18 on the clock. So you get across half court, that 20 or 21 second mark, and then you immediately get into something. This is inexact, it's like get into an action is very subjective from where I'm sitting on press row. But for me, that was the screen is coming up and you actively use the screen or you, um, a cut is made and you throw the pass off that to that cutter um, that someone like filling in a space or moving, relocating to get the play going, get defenses moving side to side, just get actions going. The Blazers um, don't run a, they weren't running like a ton of elaborate sets, but um, they were, they were made a concerted effort to play faster in this game, a concerted effort to play faster in this game. And, Uh, I'm only charting possessions where they go across midcourt. So, um, coming out of timeouts in, in, half court sets or off offensive rebounds, I didn't mark those. I'm talking ones where the ball, either the ball goes in or they, uh, or they get a rebound or a turnover and run the other way. Suns didn't really turn the ball over in the first half. So it was, it was rebounds and made shots and the Suns shot the freaking lights out in the, in the second quarter. Chance Bill said it kind of, um, sapped his team of a little bit of energy. I mean, they're just, they're, they're really good. Bradley Beal did not play in this game. Oh, before I get into the, the charting, let, let me say this. This is, a, I think an important note that I missed this this was the return for um, for Yusuf Nurkic and Nizir Little back. It's different because it's it's the it's. A preseason game but the first game back after a very very fresh trade um you know DeAndre Ayton was asked about this by Blazers media and he was very weird about it and didn't want to talk about the Suns uh Yusuf Nurkajan and your little both spoke with with uh, media members at shoot around this morning and were, were you know candid about about their um you know that it's it's good to, it's weird and strange to be back and and their appreciation for the city and and but also just like the strange business of being traded and having things move very quickly right before the season starts Both Nazir Little and Yusuf Nurkic started uh, because Brad Beal didn't play. And uh, I don't know if Vogel did that on purpose or he just wanted to play Nas. Like he played him 30 minutes, so maybe he just wanted to see what Nas can do and wanted to play him a bunch in this game. But it gave uh, Blazer fans a moment when they were both introduced. And Mark Mason, the Blazers PA, um, public dress announcer, said that... uh, introduce them back to back. So Nurk got a big shout out and then touched his chest and gave a big wave, you know, touched his heart and gave a big wave. And then Nurk or then Nas got got introduced right after him. So it gave Blazer fans in the arena the chance to like show their appreciation, show their thanks for um two guys who played several seasons here and then and now are moving on. It's it's uh, you know, Nurk Nas four years, Nurk seven. It's like a long, it's a long time, it's a long time to. Um, there were six for Nurk that came over in 2017. It's like it, uh, it's it's a long it's a long stretch. Um, to have familiar faces around and you move so quickly in the league. I thought that was a really I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, and uh, for his troubles, Nurk had a monster first half. Uh, 17, eight, and five in 21 first half minutes for Yusuf Nurkic. He was really good. <laughs> uh, to go with a couple steals and two blocks that. That that 17, 8, and 5 assists. Um, Nurk, monster night in his homecoming. Uh, Nas, not, not nearly as good, but the Suns got big game, so it didn't matter. Okay, I mentioned I charted tempo. Talk about that in the second segment. Plus talk about Scoot Henderson and the lessons for Scoot as he adjusts to sort of the NBA game and this specific roster with the Blazers pace ties into the way Scoot wants to play. So I'll tell you about my charting in the second segment. First though, let me tell you about FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And with the NFL season rolling along, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Because if you're a new customer can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose so go make up go to fanduel.com slash locks on make one $5 bet on an NFL game then no matter what you get $200 and then you can Play around, kind of um, if you're a new customer, get familiar with how FanDuel works. Get, you know, have have some fun with like free money to play with. So if you think about joining FanDuel, no better time to get on the action. Bet on things like spreads, player props, over unders. The app is easy to use. When you win, they got safe and fast withdrawals to get your money quickly. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on a kick off the NFL season. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alright. So I teased this in the first half, uh, or the first segment rather. I charted every full court possession the Blazers had in the first half to take, take stock of how many times they got into their action in the, with 18 or more on the shot clock. The reason I did this is because I think this is a team that wants to play fast. I also think this is a team that's going to struggle a little bit in the half court. So getting into stuff quickly and giving yourself more options and getting into, you know, making teams guard you for longer and being, you know, showing them multiple challenging looks or at least multiple looks, you know, switching sides of the floor and all that. You need the full, you need the full shot clock to get into it. Also, just like utilizing your athletes, like play fast because you're starting a game with Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, and... And Scoot Henderson. I charted every possession of the first half. Uh, that was just when the Suns' regulars were out there. It felt like um, just a different. It's just a very different feel in the second half of a preseason game. But here's what I got in the first in the first quarter. The Blazers got into their sets on 15 of 21 opportunities with 18 on the shot clock 15 out of 21 chances uh pretty hilariously one of the times that they did not uh they ran a really nice play that ended in a deandre Ayton dunk um another one was right when malcolm brogdon checked in the game and he just wasn't playing with the pace that the beginning of the first unit was um and then there was another one where they didn't get into it and Brogdon had an and one. So it's um, it's not always, it's not a perfect measurement, but they played faster. They made a concerted effort to play faster. 15 of their 21 possessions, their full court possessions in the first quarter ended with, uh, or, or began rather with 18 on the shot clock or more on the shot clock. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, they didn't fast break points won't show you that because they didn't get a chance to run because the the Suns were scoring thirty seven points and um not turning the ball over. So they're just like weren't a ton of opportunities to push 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 push. Um, two true pushes off of off of um, opportunities in this, in um in that in that first quarter. But they they played with pace, and I asked chauncey Phillips about that after the game, and he he said you know like in that first quarter. We were moving the ball and playing with, playing with pace and our tempo was good, our pace was good, but we just stopped moving the ball in the second quarter. And stop moving the ball also was a reduction in the number of opportunities they really pushed. According to my charting, 13 of their 22 possessions, full-court possessions in the second quarter started with... 18 or more on the shot clock. So like getting into, you know, six seconds to get across half court and get into stuff, 13 of 22 possessions in the second quarter. A little bit worse. Um, you know, they shot terribly. They scored 15 points, shot 30% in the second quarter. It's like um, six of 30 from the field is brutal. A limited box score. Uh, <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. I wrote this down. I'll have to read the box score a little bit. Uh, but they, they, they just weren't... They, some of it was that the Suns were scoring on every trip down the floor, and it's just hard to run every trip down the floor. And, and Billups mentioned that it was maybe a little bit deflating as well, and they just stopped moving the ball. So you move the ball, you play with better pace. So he's not even talking about getting into stuff quickly like I am. He's talking about in the middle of the possession, continue to move the ball. So you're so you're you know um, you're harder to guard. Like keep that tempo up. So when they when it, the first option doesn't happen keep that movement going keep player player movement ball moving all those things um, that's billups is talking about tempo for the full 24 second possession when he's talking about tempo there uh, the second quarter though while they didn't play super fast it did include probably my favorite play in terms of tempo in the entire game Early in the second quarter, they push, they push off a rebound, and DeAndre Ayton sprints the floor, gets into the paint, and seals, and Anthony Simons hits it into him in the paint. He's got two feet in the paint, standing in the middle of the lane, catches it two feet in the paint, middle of the lane, but they have run, right? He's catching it with like 19 on the shot clock. Super early, uh, super early hit ahead. You'll see the Lakers do this better than any team in the league. Like, get into the paint, seal, get a touch with two feet in the paint, it it's troubling to defenses. Defense collapse. Aiden just kicks it right back out to Amphrey Simons. He gets a war he gets a warm-up jumper. Like he gets a straight practice catch and shoot three with his hips squared to the rim at the top of the key. Cash. Easy money. When you run, good things happen. That was that was probably my favorite play of the whole half in terms of just like tempo leading to good to good quality stuff. One of the reasons the Blazers want to play with tempo is because Sco- Scoot Henderson is on the team. And in a big part of like what I'm watching this preseason is how Scoot adapts obviously it's like there's no real rush like you want him to be good and he shows um some some uh, moments here and there Uh, i thought a game against the new zealand breakers a big part of his success was just he was matched up against someone who he had a, a significant physical advantage against so i was excited to see him play against nba caliber athletes against phoenix like it wasn't that he was bad against the breakers he had some couple really nice plays it's just like It's different. It's just different when you have like when Scoot yet again. He's played a lot of games probably where he's had a physical advantage and uh, recently and in his because he's just he's jacked and fast. But like he's playing like a small, smaller point guard who plays who who plays in the NBL. Like it's just not um, it. It ain't NBA basketball. It's not NBA caliber athletes. I was excited to see Scoot in this one, and you know early I didn't think he was that great. I think I didn't think he was that great, and. Chauncey Billups made a point to bring him back in the fourth quarter, and he, he looked much better in the fourth quarter. There are moments when Scoot playing fast can use his acceleration to get into the paint. He finishes well with with good touch off the glass. He had one where he pushed in transition, got his player back on got his defender back on his heels, and took a little mid range jumper. He also kind of forced some shots, particularly I think in in the half court sometimes driving into the teeth and taking harder shots than he needs to. Um, he wasn't bad in this game. I just thought in the first half he was not um he, he he was there was not enough there were not enough there weren't like these wow moments this like oh whoo did this this dude's gonna be special it's just like he looked like someone trying to figure out wh- where the pieces fit trying to figure out where he where it works and some of that is scoot playing off the ball the blazers roster is such that scoots can't avoid spending time off the ball Malcolm Brogdon's on the roster. Amphrey Simon's on the roster. You want those guys to have chances to run pick and rolls, right? You want to, them to also have a chance to operate um, and, and have the ball in their hands and be creators, even if they're not not running like high screen game, just like have the ball and go, go to work a little bit. You know, Brogdon is, can really shoot it. He's got craft and strength in the paint. Like he's... Um, he, he's you want him to touch the ball every time. He's just a freaking great offensive player. You want him to be on the ball to be a great offensive player. It's what he does best. Give give him a, um, you know, have him score in the league. That's that's where Ant is gonna is gonna provide you the most um, the most value, right? Being a really good offensive player. That means there's going to be a lot of time when Scoot is playing off the ball. Uh, some people are going to want to call this shooting guard or whatever. I don't know. He's just off, off ball, on ball. I think I think that the positions in this situation are um, maybe less meaningful to me than the role. And when he's off the ball, Scoot didn't exactly have a feel for it in this game. It wasn't that he was bad. It was just you could tell he was trying to figure it out. When he came back in the fourth quarter, admittedly against way worse competition. It's not Eric Gordon and Devin Booker out there. Two really strong guards. Uh he's playing against you know, he's playing against Saban Lee. Um it's just it's a different caliber of competition. But he was playing off the ball a little bit in that too. Like they, they moved him off the ball a little bit in the fourth quarter too to let him like clearly get some reps at it. And he attacked off the catch way better, got himself into the paint way better. It's that quick attack off the catch. I don't think he's gonna be this like elite catch and shoot guy. You know, he didn't shoot poorly from three, two of five from three. Um, you know, he finished with he finished with twenty two on eight of fourteen shooting. Scoot wasn't bad in this game. It's just you saw him if you watched him like he was like I mean overall like taken as a whole he's probably good in this game, right? But you could see him learning lessons, right? Figuring out where he fits in the offense, how they're going to do things, um what shots are better shots for him, what shots you know are harder uh, harder looks for him. I I, I think um I really liked in the in the fourth quarter getting him off the ball, even when he was, you know, playing Skylar Mays or if where Shane Sharp was running it, um, running running the the initial action, like getting him off the ball so he could attack. And he did a much better job of catching, off, like attacking off the catch. Um, the like the days of that you've probably, if you're of a certain age, like of triple threat catching and and getting a triple threat are gone. You have to explode as you catch it. So you need to move into the ball and catch it on the move. Or uh, there's like a scout term for it, but where you kind of catch it and and throw it ahead of you as to dribble and like attack into space off the catch scoot can do that that's a way he can thwart being maybe not this elite catch and shoot guy i think he can be a good shooter eventually but he might not it might you know he might develop that over the coming months um, or year. So, um, so like for now attacking off the catch and using his athleticism is hugely important and chance billups talked about this right um get him he needs to play the same way he would play on the ball or off the ball. That's kind of coach speak, but what it, what to me what it reads at is like you you can't be less aggressive and be a shooter if you are um, if you're off the ball. The thing Scoot Henderson does better than anyone else is maybe the thing he's best at. He has this is he's certainly the best at on the team is he can get into the paint off the dribble. So play the same way you do when you're off the ball. That means quick decisive actions off the catch, get into the paint and make plays either for yourself or others play the same way, which means play to your strengths, regardless if you're the initial creator or the off ball guy. And I think scoot, um, he didn't do great. He didn't do super well on that today, but he's going to have to play that role because that's just the nature of the roster as it stands right now. Um, and so getting him reps to do that is just how it's going to work. Um, I like that Billups played both him and Shaden sharp in, in to, uh, at the end or in the fourth quarter brought them back when the rest of the bench or rest of the starters did not come back in. He said, you know, they're 19 and 20 years old. They have to play. And, and while he was maybe not as um, it wasn't as big of a deal against the breakers, like playing against NBA competition out there, right? Like if there's NBA, if there's, you know, if it's Keon Johnson and Saban Lee and Yuta Watanabe and, um, and, uh, uh Yudoka Azubuke like, and the Metu, like those are end of the bench NBA guys, but they're NBA guys and they want Scoot out there playing against NBA caliber athletes, NBA caliber competition, getting reps. They want Shaden out there doing the same thing. Um, I like starting Shaden in this game because it's like, oh yeah, let's have him. Let's figure out what it looks like when he has to guard like high level, high level players, right? Um, I think if the Blazers were trying to win... You put Matisse Thybulle in there because he's the best defensive player, and you're playing against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, but I, I, liked, I kind of like the approach, right? I like the approach. Um, and uh, sink or swim because it's the preseason. Let's let's see what it is. Um, it's it's maybe not the most aggressive winning strategy, but I, I like the strategy. Speaking of approach, speaking of youngsters, pregame, Chauncey Billups gave really interesting insight into what it's like to coach a very young team. He used the word tedious, but he says he loves teaching. Let's talk about why both of those things are true of how Billups is approaching this young roster. Join me in the third segment, won't you? Still a pass versus point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Chauncey Billups talked pregame about how it is different coaching this team than it is than it has been in the previous iterations um they're just a really young group they've got six first or second year players on the roster even the vets anthony simons is young i mean he's he's seasoned or whatever but even the new like the newer vets uh deandre Ayton and 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 rob williams are like you know 26 malcolm brogdon's brand new uh You know Jeremy Grant spending his second season with Billups. This is not exactly like um, a great deal of continuity, as 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 we've discussed. So he talks about how a lot of it is just teaching the the very basics. Not just saying, "Here's what I want you to do, go do it," but like. Here's what I want you to do. Do you understand it? Watch them play a little bit and watch the, watch them run stuff and say, okay, you don't get it. Let me explain it even more clearer. And he said that like some older rosters wouldn't take to that um, as well because they, they would find it um, annoying or insulting or just like unnecessary. But with a young group, it feels necessary. And he thinks that the veterans can have some, you know, on the roster can have can find some value in it as well. He's also said more so than in past um, preseasons, past like sort of ramp ups training camp and, and, and into the exhibition season, is that he is um, just scrimmaging more because he wants to install something. OK, here's what we want to do. And then just like go do it at full speed. Go do it live. Play five on five and go play. Um, but he is instead of having a scrimmage that would go, you know, 10 um, 10 minutes, in the past, you put 10 on the clock and you play for 10 minutes. It might not get to 10 minutes. Cause he's said, there's just more and more to clean up, blow your whistle. Hey, that we're not doing this right. And go in there and say, okay, so you're playing for much shorter stretches, but you're playing a lot more as opposed to drills and shooting work and right, you know, and then, you know, maybe position groups working on certain actions. It's like, let's play let's work on offense. Let's work on our defense and our defensive calls. And if we screw up, blow the whistle, call it dead, and immediately clean up the mistakes and he says he's doing a lot more a lot more cleaning up a lot more cleaning up than he than he has in the past because it's just a brand new group they're new to everything they're new to him they're new to the nba uh they're new to each other like it's just it's it is it is he, he mentioned that it's just it's it's a different feel than it has been in the past but I asked him if he is, has enjoyed the teaching part. And he says, yeah, like part of him is just like he thinks like the essence of coaching is teaching, you know, that as a coach, you really are a teacher. So like part of it is like having to teach. Here's how we do it. Here's what we want to do. Here's the language we use is like fulfilling in some way. Right. But he also mentioned that it's a little tedious. It is. It's just a lot of saying, no, okay, you, I, sorry, I didn't explain that fully. You need the full explanation. You need the bare bones, like starting from the the, like the true foundation and to build up. So mention mentions a little tedious. And one of the things he mentioned that I think is interesting is that coaching a young team and having to teach so much means that sometimes in practices you feel like you're behind. You feel like you're not um, getting through all the things you want to get through. And he mentioned that he, um, earlier this week, he, they were running a drill. And, was, and on his, uh, coaches have typically plan out practice by minutes, right? And you'll see them if you've ever been in an NBA gym, which some of you have for practice. I'm sure some of you listening have. Uh, but like coaches will have the, like a full printout, right? They'll hold a piece of paper and then the, they'll, they'll have their practice schedule like re- Run out. Here's all the things we want to work on. Right. And Bill says, you know, he'll lot eight minutes in his practice plan for, for, you know, a, a 90 minute practice, eight minutes in his practice plan for a drill. And he says they ran through it for eight minutes and he said, we don't have it. Like, we're just going to keep doing this. We're just going to, we just have to keep doing this. And he joked that it's like, you just, there's some stuff that you have to, that you're not going to get to in those situations because you can't have guys in the gym forever. And I asked him if he, uh, he didn't he just want to run three hour practices like the old old school NBA coaches? And he said at training camp, they did run some three hour practices and we'd get to the end of it and he would think to himself, man, I wish we had three and a half hours for this because there was just, there's just more to do. It feels like, you are, he feels like he's really, really having to teach this group. And that shouldn't be a surprise because he's playing even in a, a, um, a entertaining top eight for the Blazers, right? With Scoot and Ant and Matisse Thibel and Jeremy Grant uh, and DeAndre Drayton and Rob Williams when he's, when he's, when he's back and Shane Sharp and Malcolm Brogdon and Jabari Walker. You're talking, you know, Jabari Walker's 21 as a second-year player, Shane Sharp's 20, uh, Scoot is 19. Even in an entertaining top eight, real, real, real youngsters. And then, like, the veterans, like I said, are new veterans. I think Billups sort of getting... uh, One of the things that he mentioned, uh, you know, I've I've covered Billups all of the seasons, and I remember asking him about, in year one or in year two about year one, he said like one of the hardest parts about being a new coach is you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and I wrote a story on this or I, I did a podcast on this and asked a bunch of other coaches about their first year in the league and what they were trying to figure out, like the hardest part of like figuring out new stuff. And Steve Kerr mentioned that it's just time, time. You do not have enough time. You do, you always have less time than you think. And I think with Billups getting back to like, really having to teach this group, he's starting to feel that that pressure right he knows what he doesn't know he's he's aware of of all of the sort of things now he's not blissfully ignorant to always running out of time he's feeling that in year three the sort of crunch of like we need to install more as opposed to being a first coach not knowing first year coach not knowing what you need to install he's done this a couple times he's like we need we're not we need more stuff like there's just more there's more to do. And I think that approach of being a teacher and being being tedious and being, um, you know, being really specific and making sure everybody gets it and knows it and truly knows it is how you have to approach this young team. I think Chauncey is really realistic, really realistic when he's talking about the Suns um, in postgame, you know, he said, like, we can't measure ourselves against the Suns can't measure ourselves against the suns because that's the team that's competing for a championship. And we can't, we're not that. And we can't measure ourselves against that. It would be it just, it's not the way to do it. We have to worry about what we're doing because saying like, Oh, Hey, you know we didn't, we didn't score 76 points in the first half like Phoenix did or whatever it is like that's, you've got to worry about, they got to worry about their house. And I think Billups getting back to the essence of teaching is the way you kind of have to be patient. You have to know that, Hey, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. Heck, we might be behind when the season starts, but we have to keep. We have. He's. You know. You got to take the patient approach because the Blazers are building something. They're not there yet, and they're playing a bunch of youngsters. And I think that's just. Um, that's the truth of it. Okay. I, 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 a couple passing thoughts. Uh, but as 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 we close up for the weekend, Blazers are going to play a game on Saturday night. Uh, show Monday show usually shows up in your feed Sunday after I record it, and so we'll have a thoughts on the Blazers preseason game in that one. Look for it in your feed on Sunday afternoon, but. What I was, um, two things. One, I think Billups' approach and commitment to teaching shows up so much in Scoot Shade and Sharp because they're going to play a bunch with the regulars and they're going to be relied on to grow and be the thing that comes next. I thought Shade and Sharp didn't look like he knew where to get his offense in the first half and then looks more comfortable against lower-level competition. I thought Scoot Henderson didn't know where, sort of how to attack in the varying roles. On the ball, he looks comfortable. Off the ball, he looks less comfortable. And that's more pronounced um, sometimes than others. And Billups said both of them need to get back in there and play in the fourth quarter. That's the essence of sort of what he wants to do. He wants them to play fast and play fast through the whole possession, play with tempo through the whole possession. When they did that in the first quarter, they looked better. And he wants them to learn from some mistakes and get reps because he knows that they just don't have enough time for the level of learning they still need to do. So he's putting his young guys back out there. This 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 game was not this like special, meaningful game for the Blazers. They got whacked in an exhibition game by a team that's way better than them. But I think you're starting to see what the building blocks of this whole season are going to look like and um, well I don't mean to say like here's the silver lining of an 11 point loss I do think I came away from this game thinking like yeah the Blazers are going to have a bunch of rocky nights this year but if they take an approach that is measured and they continue to take steps with saying here's what we need to work on and how we're going to work on it then you'll get to be able you we uh, the viewing public will get to appreciate their growth it's just going to take patience and today i think billups helped me see the path to patience see how he's approaching it and how patience is a is a must okay that is going to do it for today's show uh uh come back next week we'll do five more of these how about that sound good i appreciate you listening tell your friends about the show i'll talk to you soon